0: This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Go ahead and turn with me to Psalms 34. And this morning, we're gonna be talking about the goodness of God. Say that with me. God is good. Now, if you've been around church any amount of time, you probably might have heard that saying come up in your heart whenever we said, God is good. What did you think of after that? All the time and all the time, God is good. And, and uh, you know, we can say that and it's true, but we've got to ask, do we really believe that? Because it's easy for us to believe that God wants to be good to you or to somebody else but do I truly believe that God wants to be good to me say that with me God wants to be good to me Psalms 34 are you there hopefully you're taking notes Psalms 34 if not they're gonna bring it up on the screens Psalms 34 verses 1 it says I will bless the Lord at all times now, I want us to pause here. As we get into the Word, you know it's not just the churchgoers that get results. It's not the t-shirt wearers that says Jesus is Lord that gets the results. It's not the bumper sticker havers. That's all good. That's great. But it's the doers of God's Word that gets results. So when, they, when we read God's Word, we've got to ask ourselves, how am I doing 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, it says that we must examine our own fruit. We must examine to see if our faith is producing. So are you thinking with me? So as we read God's Word, I want us to ask, okay, am I being a doer? If I, if I want the results that the Bible promises we had a flyaway. then am I doing what God says to do in His Word? Thank you, sir so let's get into this first one I will bless the Lord at all times I will bless the Lord sometimes you know there's two times to bless the Lord when you feel like it and when you don't right I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth his praise shall continually be in my heart well, that's true, it's part of the process, but his praise shall continually be in my in my mouth. In other words, it's gonna be coming out of your mouth. What's coming out of my mouth? Is it praise and thanksgiving or is it griping and complaining? Is it positive or is it negative? Is it up or is it down? His praise shall continually, while you're going to the doctor, continually. While you're going to work, continually. While you're taking the kids to school, continually. While you're getting dressed, continually. His praise shall be when? continually continually in my mouth my soul shall make its boast in the Lord my soul my mind my will my emotions what's boasting whenever you hear the word boast what do you think of brag right? bragger my soul shall boast in the Lord you remember I don't think this affects you know girls as much but I remember little boys on the playground you know my daddy whoop your daddy what are they doing they're bragging you know my dad whoop your dad with one hand tied behind his back well, my daddy whooped your daddy with both hands tied behind his back and his toe right there, you know. So what are they doing? They're bragging. And we've got a daddy who never loses, who can't be beat, who's all-sufficient, who's all-powerful. And man, what a legacy you're leaving to your family. What an honor. I mean, it just inspires me. Just uh, That is just so cool to have your family look up to you like that and learn about the Heavenly Father from your life. So would y'all give him a hand clap one more time? I just think that's phenomenal. Let's keep going here. Psalms 34, and he says, My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. So what is he saying there? That true humility is that I'm going to say what God says about my life. That when I'm truly being humble, when I hear God's word, it's going to bring gladness in my heart. Because you know what's an indicator that I truly believe God's word? There's joy. There's peace. That if you start to share with me about a situation that's in your life, and I share with you what God's word says, not my opinion, not my experience, what God's word says, it should produce hope. It should produce joy if I'm truly believing that God is in me, God is with me, God is for me, God is on my side, God is working all things together for my good because I love God and I'm called according to His purpose. If I truly believe He separated my sin as far as from the east is from the west. If I truly believe the blood of Jesus cleanses me and I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If I truly believe it, there's going to be hope, there's going to be joy, there's going to be peace in believing. Romans 15, 13 says... There's hope and joy in believing. So I've got to step back and ask myself, if I truly believe what God's saying, how would I think? If I truly believe what God's saying, what would my my physiology be? What would my attitude be? What would my demeanor be? What would my heart be? What would my stance? How would I approach the situation that I'm facing right now? If I truly believe that God is almighty and all-knowing and all-powerful and He can't lose, how would I approach the situation I'm facing right now? So he says, the humble hear it and they're glad. In other words, I'm willing to release what I think I know to embrace what God is truly saying. Let's keep going. And he says, Oh magnify the Lord with me. Magnify. Think about the word magnify. Magnify the Lord with me. What does magnify I mean? Make bigger. Right. So I've got to ask, am I going to magnify God? I'm not going to make God any bigger. But as I take his word and I I declare his word and I see life through his perspective and, and through his perception from the heartbeat of his word, God is going to seem bigger to me than my problem. So am I magnifying God and minimizing the enemy or am I magnifying the enemy and minimizing God? See, I could have a, a, a coin in my pocket right now and I, I go out and I look up at the sun and the sun is huge. But if I bring that coin right up to my eye, what was little became big because of where I had it in my life. So am I magnifying God and minimizing the enemy or am I magnifying the enemy and minimizing my God? God wants us to take His Word and to magnify the Lord with me. Magnify that He's our healer. Magnify that He's our provider. Magnify that He's our deliverer. Magnify. Let us magnify the Lord together. What was he saying? Allow God to be as big as you possibly can in your life. Let's magnify God together. Amen. Let's keep going. And he says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I got to keep going or I'll just teach on every verse. And that is a well. It says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. All of my fears, not some of my fears. All of my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his trouble. See, David wasn't always a prosperous man. Before he killed Goliath, he was, he was in, in a family. He was just herding sheep on the backside of the pasture over there. But after he killed Goliath, he stepped into all of this increase and all of this wealth. And here is a man who didn't come from a, a royal lineage, so to say, in the natural, but, but, but God. But God is the one who put Him in office and He's the one that's saying this, that there was a time that I was poor and I cried out to God and He heard me. And He delivered me from all my troubles. Verse 7. And He says, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear Him and delivers them. Now notice that the angel of, of, of the Lord encamps all around those who fear Him and delivers them. Either the Bible is true or it's not true. Am I going to believe God's word or am I going to believe men's ideas? Let's keep going. Verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste. He's saying, I want you to come up and I want you to experience God the same way that I experienced God. And he said, oh, it isn't a, oh. It was, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, you you when you go taste, I want you to think of something that you tasted really good. You go to a good steakhouse or something like that. You, you don't. You don't say. Well, man, why this is the best cuisine I've placed on my palate in quite some time now. No, you. There's a little. Mm, I mean, there's a little groaning, a little moaning, because you're experiencing something. And that's what he's saying. I. I want us. To taste and see that the Lord is good. The same way God has delivered me from the lion and the bear, I want you to taste and see that He's good. The same way that He protected me, I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good. The same way that He healed my body and provided for my family, taste and see. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is what? The Lord is good. He's good. Say He's good." good. The Lord is good. He's good. He's good. It's good when we have wisdom to deal with our situations. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and pause here for a moment because I want everybody to take a deep breath. Mark chapter 4, verses 19 and 20, it says when Jesus is talking about the good soil that produces 30, 60, 100 fold, he says it's only the good, say good, it's only the good soil, and Amplified it says that welcomes and it accepts the word of God the good soil say good soil and that's the soil that produces 30, 60, a hundredfold and you know God isn't the one that decides whether we're good soil or bad soil he sees all of us through the blood of Jesus and we're all have the potential to be good soil it is our decision that we're gonna stay in the process and allow our heart to be good soil say good soil And so all of us have religious ideas that we have to uproot out of our thinking. Remember when the Bible says that blessed are those who are planted in the house of the Lord? Notice he didn't say potted in the house of the Lord. Because when we're potted, you think of a potted plant. That plant can't grow as as high as it can. It can't reach its potential, right? Because it's in a pot. And its roots can only go so far so it only grows so high. But the Bible doesn't refer to us as being potted in the house of God. What does potted look like? Potted looks like when I come into the house of God and I come in and I sit down in my pot. And I'm listening to the preacher through my belief system and my perception and what I think I know about God. And this is what Aunt Boo Boo and Uncle Ding Dong taught me. And preacher, if you don't line up with Aunt Boo Boo and Uncle Ding Dong, I'm not believing it. And so we sit here in our pot, day in, day out, Sunday in, Sunday out, week in, week out, year in, year out, and there's no true growth in our life. We've got to be real with ourselves. I'm not fulfilling everything God's put me on this earth to fulfill. I'm not walking. When I see it in the Bible, I know that there's more, but I'm going to stay in my pot because it's a little uncomfortable to change. Don't you challenge me, preacher. Can't I just come to church on the way to lunch? But every Sunday when you come in, you know what's happening? The Holy Spirit's handing you and you and me and all of us a hammer. And he's saying, please break your pot and get planted and have an open mind and an open heart and be willing to receive, welcome, accept the engrafted word of God that has the power to save our soul that has the power. The word of God has the power. The word of God is the power to change our life. Are you with me? say God is good. So so why did I say that? Because at some point in time as we grow in our relationship with God we kind of hit a choke point. We hear something that challenges how we're living. Oh, I don't know if I believe that because I've experienced this even though God says this. And it might be a little hard for me to come up, bring my, you know, God wants us to bring our life up to what his word says. Instead of us bringing God down to our way of living, God isn't going to change his mind. I mean, I know I'm not the only one that's tried to get God to change his mind about this situation. Lord, if we would do it my way, I mean, that, that would be good stuff, right? But you know, God's way is always best. His way is always right. And when we receive the word of God, it produces his will on earth as it is in heaven. So we've got to be willing to embrace his word to come up. And God is saying, I want you to taste and see that God is good. God is good. It's good when you have healing in your body. It's good. Is it good to be broke? Say, no, it's not good when you can't pay your bills. It's okay. You're in church. Everybody do this. It's not good. Is it, is it good whenever sickness is in your body? Do this. It is not good when sickness is in your... Well, I don't know, preacher. God might be teaching me something. You know that's a lie. That's not my heavenly Father. What if they would have got up on the screen and they would have said everything to Lanny, You're so good, but I sure do appreciate that you ran me over with that car. I mean, it taught me something. I mean, a lot. You were so good, but I mean that time you grabbed that needle and you shot AIDS in me and it just consumed I me, mean, but you're good. It's not good when we have sickness in our body. It's not good when we're broke. It's not good when we're in confusion. It's not good when all hell breaks loose. It's not good whenever we're oppressed and depressed. It's not good. And David is saying, oh, oh, taste and see. Why? Because he's experienced God in a way that's undescribable. He says, the only way that you can experience what I'm experiencing is, man, you got to come up here and taste it. Taste and see that the Lord is what? He's good. He's good and he does good things. Keep going. Verse 9, oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear Him. The young lions lack food and suffer hunger, but those that seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. So am I positioning myself to experience no lack of any good thing? God is good. And He does good things. Say He's good. And He does good things. Remember Romans 2.4, it says, it's the goodness of God. That leads people to repentance. It's not the badness of God. It's the goodness of God. It's not the condemnation from the church that leads them to repentance. You sinner, you liar, you're going to hell. Well, that might be true, but he doesn't say present the bad news. He says present the good news. Mark 16, a great commission. It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. What is the gospel? It is the good news. It is good news. When you know you're dying, if you were to die, you would go to hell. It's good news to know that you don't have to go to hell, but you can spend eternity with almighty God. That's good news, right? It's bad news when the doctor says you're going to die because of cancer, but it's good news when you hear that by the stripes of Jesus you're healed and made whole. It's bad news when you can't pay your bills, but it's good news to hear hear that God is the one who's anointed you to get well. He says, preach the good news. Good news, say good. He's good. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. It's the goodness of God that when they look at your life, they see it's, it's good to have peace like you have peace. It's good to have joy like you have joy. It's, it's good to have wisdom like you have wisdom. It's, it's good. Say it's good it's good that you serve a good God and no matter what you face in life he's gonna help you go through it over it, around it it's good to know that there's hope in every situation God is good he's good he's good he's good he's good and he isn't gonna stop being good just because we don't believe that he's good God wants us to come up I believe that we can see at a new level. Hear at a new level. Believe at a new level. I believe we can see some new, new goodness of God. Not, not that He's changing, but we're coming up. Amen. Say, I'm coming up. Amen. Go with me to Psalms 27. Verses 13 and 14. And I, I just want to read the definition of good. And, and if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The word good, say He's good, he's good. means Pleasant. Think about that with me. When we say God is good, we're saying God is pleasant. Say He's pleasant. So, so when we read the definition of good and, and we're created in His image and in His likeness, Ephesians 5.1 says, Be imitators of God as dear children. Say he's good. he's good. This gives us hope and paints a picture because His DNA is our DNA. When we come into the family of God, now we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. We have his character, his nature on the inside of us. We're born again. We're born into the family of God. So his DNA is our DNA. Say it's in me. Second Peter one four says through the great precious promises you and I we become partakers of the divine nature. So how do we experience this? I, I, I don't. This might be God's character nature, but I'm not seeing it in my life. Listen, we're all a work in progress. We're all at different places, but I want you to think this is this is where we're going. This is what we have the potential of being. Say God is good. Remember Acts chapter ten verse thirty eight. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil it was it was good it's good to be healed it's good to be set free it's good to be delivered it's good say it's good, good. definition of good pleasant beautiful excellent rich now this is in the Bible these are the the Greek and Hebrew meanings of the word good well. Appropriate, beneficial, happy, honest, honorable, and right. So when I'm saying God is good, I'm saying God is pleasant. Do you think God is pleasant? I'm saying God is beautiful. Do you think God is beautiful or ugly? Uh, When I'm saying God is excellent, do you think God is a slouch and lazy and late? Or is God excellent? On time, doing the best with what he has. He's early. God is excellent. Say he's excellent. Rich. Rich. God is rich. You know, it'd be hypocritical for God to tell you and I that that we're worse than an unbeliever if we don't take care of our own family, and Him did not take care of His family. You know, God lives nicely. I could feel some of your choke points there. now this is where we have to make a decision I'm not gonna look at my experience I'm not gonna look at what I've been taught in church unless it lines up with God's Word and God's Word reveals God's will and specifically for this church I wrote at the top of my notes he says Trey they're ready to see my goodness in new ways So what is he saying? They're ready to see my pleasantness, my beauty, my excellence, my richness, my wellness, my appropriateness, my beneficiary, the happiness, honest, honorable, right. God is good. And he does good things. God is good. Say, "God God is good. And he does good things. Now, now why do I keep saying that over and over again? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And we've looked at it as a religious cliché. But really, deep down inside, there's lots of people who say with their mouth, God is good, but they don't really believe God wants to be good to me. Because you know what? I know me. I know my faults. I know my sin. I know where I've missed it. But it takes faith that God's goodness is bigger than my past. That God's goodness is bigger than sin. God's goodness, His blood, His word, His faithfulness is bigger than anything I've ever gone through in my life. God is good and He wants to be good to me. Say that God is good and He wants to be good to me, it's His goodness that turns my marriage around. It's His goodness that turns our finances around. It's His goodness that brings healing to our body. It is His goodness that protects us. It is His goodness. God wants to take us to a new level experience and His goodness in a new way. Say, He's good. He's good. Psalms 27, verse 13 and 14. It says, What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living, wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage. Let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for, hope for, and expect the Lord. Now, now I want to. What would have become of me? He says, "Had I not believed." that I would see the Lord's goodness. So let's pause here for a moment. As we've looked at uh, the things we've looked at so far, I've got to ask, okay, am I blessing the Lord at all times? Is His praise continually coming out of my mouth? Am I getting my soul involved in bragging on the power of God, bragging on the healing of God, bragging on the provision of God? Am I magnifying God and minimizing the devil? Or am I minimizing God and magnifying the lack and magnifying the symptoms and magnifying the hurt and magnifying the pain and magnifying am i magnifying god i've got to be i've got to ask myself how am i doing am i being a doer of his word oh taste and see that the lord is good am i positioning myself he says there's no want to those who fear him am i respecting him am i honoring him that's what the word fear means it doesn't mean be afraid of it means honor respect reverence He says those who seek the lord i'm not it doesn't say those who go to church those who seek, seek is an action. That I'm, I'm seeking, I'm, I'm doing it on purpose. I'm positioning myself on purpose. I've built my life on Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and everything else will be added unto us. Seek first. He says there's no want. The person who seeks God will lack no beneficial thing. Will lack no good thing. Good. Is wisdom good? Do this. Is healing good? Is provision good? Is victory good? Is forgiveness good? We can just keep going down. Good. Say good. He's good. He said, what would happen to me? Had I not believed, i am not made a choice in the middle of my struggle, not made a choice that I'm going to believe that I'm going to see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Not in heaven. We focus on, oh, it's going to be good. There's going to be no more tear, no more toil, no more pain. That's true. But he says, when you believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, down here and now, that's the, your sphere of influence. That's where you live. That's what you're called to do. He says, believe, make a choice to believe. You know, it's our choice whether I'm going to believe the word or I'm not going to believe the word we have that choice we can believe that we need Jesus or we cannot believe And that decision we're going to spend eternity with God or we're going to spend eternity in hell but who chooses we do we still choose when we see God's word it's still our choice he says what would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living he goes on to say wait hope for expect be brave of good courage let your heart be stout enduring yes wait for hope expect so so why don't people keep believing why why do people get faint because we quit believing to see the goodness of god in the land of the living don't stop believing don't stop believing you know, we got to renew our mind right don't stop believing to see that it's God's goodness God's goodness is gonna lead our friends to the Lord it's God's goodness that's gonna allow us to be light shining in darkness it's God's goodness it's not your religion it's God's goodness when they knew you before you knew Jesus and they look at you and they say, man, there has to be something. You know, I, I see Brandy back here and, and I was at Big Spring at the rodeo the other night and I did my first church service in Big Springs, Texas at the college rodeo. And, and a couple weeks before, you know, I'd come out of the mess and I was just a, I was just a mess. Gave my life to the Lord. A couple years into it, I was at a rope in a pecos, Texas and these guys, they come up to me and they were strung out and they were all tweaking and everything. You know, they were... They said, hey, Trey, would you do church for us the next morning? And that's who I used to run with. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, I'll do church next morning and everything. But then I got to thinking, yeah, they're just making fun of me. You know, they're just. So I didn't show up. When I got to the rope in that day, every one of them came up to me. They said, Trey, where were you? They showed up for church and I didn't. And it, it crushed me on the inside. And I told the Lord, Lord, if you ever give me a chance to share your goodness again, I won't tell you no. Well, two weeks later, I'm at the college rodeo at Big Springs. And, and before this, I mean, I would sneak around the, the stands. You know, there'd be six, eight people in the stands at church services. And and I went up there just to see. I didn't care if the Presbyterians, Methodists, Pentecostals, if it was God I was in. I was so hungry for things of God. And I go up there, I said, who's doing church? They said, Trey, nobody's doing church. Would you do it? I said, no. But then I remember what I told the Lord. And I went back to him. I said, yeah, I'll do it. And, and I did my first church service there at Big Springs. I was so nervous. Corbin was asking me today, was you nervous? Are you kidding me, man? You talk about shaking my boots. I was so nervous. But man, we had revival at the college rodeos. There would be, the, the stands would be packed because of God's goodness. They saw what an idiot I was before and the transformation and it, it's God's goodness that leads people to repentance. They say he's good and he does good things. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Says he's good. And he does good things. It says, if you be willing and obedient, willing and obedient, you shall eat the leftovers of the land. That ain't what he says, right? You shall eat the what? The good, remember what the word good means? It means the excellent, the rich, the well, the appropriate, the beneficial, good, if you're willing. Now, can you be willing and not be obedient? Oh, sure, I'll get right at that. Not. Now, can you be obedient and not be willing? Remember you heard the saying that the young boy kept standing up in church and, and mom said, sit down. He said, I don't, I don't want to sit down. Sit down. I tell you, you know, moms in church and they little, they'd or they pinch or they pull, you know, it's like, okay. And he looks at mom and he says, I might be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. <laughs> See, kids have to learn to not only be obedient, but do it with a good heart. See, willingness has to do with their hearts. Willingness is an attitude. Say an attitude. Now, are you thinking, how am I doing? Uh, Willing and obedience is action. Willingness is attitude. Obedience is action. Am I willing to do what God tells me to do with a good attitude? You know, Deuteronomy 28 verses 47, 48, you can look at it in your own time. It says that when we serve God without a grateful heart and thankfulness, and appreciation that we serve our enemies but if we're not thankful and we're not appreciative and we're not grateful he says you will end up serving your enemies I don't want to serve the enemy I've served the enemy now we're in the kingdom of Almighty God and he is good and he does good things and he says if you be willing and obedient you will eat the good of the land he keeps going in verse 20 But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. If you refuse and uh, rebel, in Hebrews chapter... It's all good. (laughs) Y'all keep looking straight up here. If you refuse and rebel, stay with me here. I know that kind of startles people a little bit, but it's all right. How do we refuse and rebel? You know, in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12, it says that whenever we don't believe God, it's an evil... Unbelieving Heart verse 13 says it's rebellious when we choose not to believe what God says when we choose to believe man over what God says. See, I want to truly know the character and nature of God. I don't want to know about a God that a, a committee got together and voted on. This is how he is. I want to know the heartbeat of God and he's good and he does good things. Say God is good and he does good things. What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? Are you believing to see God's goodness? Get up in the morning believing to see God's goodness. Most people get up in the morning and think, oh, bless the Lord, here we go again. But no, when we're expecting to see God's goodness, you're expecting promotion. You're expecting favor. You're expecting to be led by God. You're expecting wisdom. You're expecting to walk in joy and peace and happiness and confidence. Why? Because you're expecting to see God is good. Not only am I just saying that God is good, but I'm believing that He's good to me regardless of my past, regardless of my mistakes. God is good and He's doing good things. Exodus 33 verses 18 and 19. This is Moses. Remember when Moses, you know, he's God's calling him to lead the children of Israel out. And this is what he says, says, Lord, unless your presence goes with me, man, don't don't lead me out of here. He says, because I know it's only your presence that's going to make a difference. And, And so him and God are having this dialogue. And in verse 18, he says, please show me your glory. Then God responds back. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you and I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. What was he saying? He said, Lord, show me your glory. See, we have this funny ideal about the glory of God, but whenever we're talking about the glory of God here, he's saying, I, I will show you my goodness. I'll show you my goodness. Say, God, show me your goodness. I receive your goodness. I receive your goodness. Now, just for time say good. You can write this down. Deuteronomy chapter one, verses twenty-five through twenty-eight, and he talks about God telling Moses that, "Okay, I, I'm going to show you this land, and I want you to get twelve spies, and I want you to go into the land. It's a good land. Say, a good land, a good land. A good land has has good soil, good grapes. Remember, this is the this is the place where they they picked the grapes. They were so big it took two men to carry the grapes on poles. Say, that's good." Good soil, good seed, good grapes. It's a good land. It's to say good. And God told them to go in and possess the land, and it was a good land, and and, and God wanted to give it to them. Because it was good, and He's a good God, and He does good things. But only two went over out of the three and a half million people. Did God change? Now, when I say two, two out of the original group. Because they were willing to believe that God was good regardless of what everybody else was believing. The other group, they would see God show up and they say, Oh God, you're so good. And the next day they would complain and gripe and murmur. You know, you can't complain and conquer at the same time. You can't complain and be in faith at the same time. You can't be negative and be in faith at the same time. Faith is positive. Faith is grateful. Faith is appreciative. Faith is thankful. Faith realizes God is good to me. The only reason I'm breathing is because of His goodness. The only reason I'm not in a ditch somewhere strung out is because of His goodness. The only reason that my body is healed because of His goodness. The only reason I'm getting to be in the presence of God is because He's good. He's good. He's gooder than my sin. (laughs) He's good, and He does good things. Why didn't the others go over? Why do you think they didn't go over? They didn't believe, right? They didn't believe in what? They didn't believe in His goodness. They didn't believe in His love. 1 John chapter 4, just for time, so you don't have to go there. Verse 16 says, God is... Love. God is love. Now Psalms 34 says God is good. So God is good and God is love. So love is good. How many of you believe that God is love? According to God's word, God is good. So God's love is good and love is good. And whenever God tells us to do something and we don't believe him and act on it, I'm really saying you're not as good as I say you are with my mouth because I don't have actions to back up what I'm saying. Because if I truly believe, there's going to be action. If I truly believe, there's going to be action. If I truly believe that when God speaks to me, it's not to withhold, it's not to take, it's not to hinder, it's not to restrain, it's not to take away my fun, it's not to hold me down, it's to set me free, it's to get me closer to my destiny, it's to build me up. When God speaks, it's for life and life more abundantly. Why? Because He's a good Father with a good Word and a good Spirit, and when He speaks, it's because He has goodness. Oh, that's who He is. Not some good and some bad. He's good. He's good. He's good. So, if I believe that he's good, then I'm going to obey what he tells me. Why do most people not go forward in their relationship with God? In church, they say one thing. But on Monday morning, when God says, give this, there's no action. When God says, do this, there's no action. But when we believe in God's love and we believe in God's goodness when God speaks and we act upon it. It might not happen overnight, but it will happen whenever we act and we believe that God is good and he's good to me. God is good, and He has good things for me. God is good, and He is leading me into a good land, a good relationship, a good business deal, good. God is good, and He's doing good to me. God is good. And if I love Him, we say, oh, I love you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. He says, if you love me, you'll do my word. Now we're all a work in progress and this is where, okay, we've got to go inward. How am I doing? Am I willing? It doesn't take one just a a turn of the switch to get willing. You know that? We can be obedient. Well, I've blessed God. I've got to go to church. Most people give and tithe because they're scared not to. A lot of people come to church because they're scared not to. They think their tithe is going to pay God off he's not the mafia you know he doesn't show up every Sunday with the bad uh you know you got insurance <laughs> no I got plenty of insurance. no no really you got insurance I mean things can happen you know what I mean No, we we don't tithe because we have to. We don't give because we have to. We give because we want to. It's It's an expression of love. It's an expression of honor. It's an expression of God. You're my source. You're my healer. You're my provider. You're everything, God, because you're good. And I realize that I wouldn't have what I have without you. That's part of tithing the tithe, not out of fear. If you're doing it out of fear, you need to keep your money. Do it out of faith because it's an expression. Of love to God. God, I trust you that you're good. God is saying, if you'll, if you'll believe me, I'll open the windows of heaven and I'll pour out the blessing upon you that there's not room enough to receive it. And I myself will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither will your vine cast its fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations, all nations, all nations will call you blessed. Go with me to 1 Kings chapter 10. We're getting ready to be done. We're getting closer anyway. 1 Kings chapter 10. That's to the left of where we're at. 1 Kings chapter 10. Say, God is good. And He does good things. Now, in the Amplified translation, I'm going to read verse 1. It says, when the queen of Sheba heard... Of the constant connection of the fame of Solomon with the name of the Lord she came to prove him with hard questions problems and riddles now notice this when the Queen of Sheba heard of the constant connection of the fame of Solomon with the name of the Lord so when they when they heard the name Solomon they thought God what do they think of when they hear our name When they hear life point fellowship, what do you want them to what do you want them to think? Healing, deliverance, freedom, God, good, power, victory, conquering, overcoming, merciful, gracious, character and nature of God. When they walk in or walking into a room full of His goodness, and they feel the goodness of God, they feel the, the mercy of God, they feel the love of God because God is good and He's doing good things here. So when they, when they heard Solomon, this queen said, when I think of Solomon, I think of the name of the Lord. Yeah. Now pause there for a moment. I just want to read Genesis chapter 12. Now this is from the very beginning. Hold your place there. You can go to Genesis 12. But listen to the promise that God gave to Abraham and he gave to you and I in Christ Jesus. In verse 2 of Genesis twelve two. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors and make your name famous and distinguished and you will be a blessing dispensing good, say good, to others. So God promised Abraham when they think of you, I want you to get to the point that they think of me. Because you've experienced my goodness so much. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. That when they see you and they're around you, they sense there's something different about you because it's me in you. I want them when they think of you to think of me. Now the Queen of Sheba says, when I I kept hearing the constant connection between the name of the Lord and Solomon... Solomon and the Lord the Lord and Solomon Solomon and the Lord the Lord and Solomon Solomon and the Lord you couldn't separate them because they were so intimate and God's goodness was so real let's go back first Kings 10 say God is good and he's good to me God is good and he's good to me first Kings 10 you don't have to say that part Verse 2, and she came to Jerusalem with a very great train, with camels bearing spices, very much gold and precious stones. When she had come to Solomon, she communed with him about all that was in her mind. Solomon answered all her questions, and there was nothing hidden from the king which he failed to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and skill and the house that he had built, the food of his table the seating of his officials, the standing at attention of his servants, their apparel, his cupbearers, his ascent by which he went to the house of the Lord. You know, his ascent is talking about what he had built going from his house to God's house. It was the entryway to God's house was so decked out that it caused her to lose her breath. She said, I had heard of all this type of stuff. Let's, Let's read it here. Verse six, she said to the king, it was a true report. I heard in my own land of your acts and sayings and wisdom. I do not believe it until I came and my eyes had seen. Behold, the half was not told to me. You have added wisdom and goodness. Say goodness. Exceeding the fame I heard. Happy are your men. Happy, happy, happy. Say happy. Happy Happy are your men. Happy are those your servants who stand continually before you hearing your wisdom. Happy. You know when people come to church, they see joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. They should see people being happy. Not a bunch of sourpuss, lemon-sucking people that you see, happy. Why? Because the humble hear God's word and we're glad. No matter where we're at, we know there's a way. We're coming out, and things are going to get better. Proverbs four eighteen: The path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter and brighter. Our wisdom gets better and better and better. Our faith should get stronger and stronger and stronger. His power should get stronger and stronger and stronger. He's good. He's good. He's good. Let's keep going verse 8 happy are your men happy look at your neighbor and say happy happy are your servants who stand continually before you hearing your wisdom you know i have i've had people get so furious fighting mad at me one time i was preaching this deal in odessa's coliseum there's I don't know, there's a thousand people there or so and they had to escort a guy out because he got so mad because i was so positive do you have to be so positive I mean just red, red in his head. They had to escort him out. People, they don't want a lot of times, if they have a religious mindset of God, they want you to magnify their problem and minimize God. You don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand the hurt. You don't understand the pain. But he does. Jesus was moved with the feelings of our infirmities. Every one of us have a story. Every one of us have gone through difficult things. But God is good. And He wants to do good things to me. God is good. And His goodness wants to restore my life. God is good. And His goodness wants to empower me to be everything He's called and created me to be. God is good. He wants us to live long and strong because of His goodness. He's good. He's good. And this queen says, "I, I just look around at your table. And I see the the cupbearers and I see the clothes that they're wearing and I see that they're actually happy. They're happy. What's an indicator that I'm truly believing God is in me and with me? The the joy of the Lord is our strength. We have this picture of Jesus being sourpuss, weak. Remember the old westerns? They used to tick me off. Even before I was saved, they'd have the preacher, you know, just sitting there quaking, you know, with his knees and he'd get under the wagon. Oh, oh, oh." Just a weenie. And I even thought that's not right. Then when I begin to know the character and nature of God, I realize how much strength it takes to live for God. How much courage it's easy to live like everybody else. The men of God are, are take strength and courage and boldness and power and faith. Happy, say happy. We have this picture: God's not some old mean man sitting on the throne. Long gray hair. But that's the way we've thought of him. You step out of line, he's going to take you out. No, he's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. You know, that's what we just celebrated. Father's Day, Jesus, whenever he showed up on the scene, the the Jews, they, they knew Jesus, the judgment side of God. They knew the law side of God. They knew the God that spoke with Moses and the fire was billowing out of the mountain and if you touched the mountain, whoo, I mean shish kabob, baby, you were toast. They knew the God that if priests, anybody wasn't clean in their life and they walked into the presence of God, they would tie a rope around the priest's leg and if he weren't right with God, he would die and they would haul him out. That was their perception of God, but Jesus showed up on the scene and He said, "Now, now, guys, let, let's, let oh, i want to share something about God that you've never seen before." And Jesus started introducing them to a loving Father. He says, "Now, when you go into your closet, I want you to think of Him as this judgment God and this God that's going to take you out. I want you to pray to Him like this: Our Father." father means source I want you to look at him that he's your source of strength and he's a source of goodness and he's a source of wisdom and courage he introduced a new side of God that was good and he's good all the time God is good God is good God is good and the queen says man I look around and it just blows me away that God is, is so much bigger than what I'd even heard of and notice she goes on in verse 9 and it says, Blessed be the Lord your God. She didn't have a covenant with God, but she saw something and she said, Blessed be the Lord your God. There's something different about your God. There's something different about your relationship with God. You're not religious like everybody else. You're not, you know, looking down your nose at me like everybody else. You you make me feel welcome. You you believe in me. You... you I sense something good. Remember, it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. We want, when, when sinners are around you, I want them to say, man, there's something different about you. I had, at rodeos and stuff, I had the, the meanest of the mean, the toughest of the tough, waiting on me right outside the gate, underneath the stands where nobody, nobody can see them. Hey, Trey. Hey, Trey. Hey, Trey. Now get off and man just they just pour their heart out and the presence of God would come all over them and they says, there's just something different. There's something different about you. How don't Facebook me and give their life to the Lord over Facebook. I'm getting ready to go back to Australia at the in the first of August again. Over there, it's just phenomenal. I mean they'll stop the whole rope and they'll hand me the microphone and they'll say, Trey, will you will you share with us? We've never heard anything like this before. And they'll just they'll come up to the sides of the fence. and they're tough and rough. I've been over there preaching, and the whole time one guy's wanting to whoop me, he's drunk, and GD this and GD this and some listen, I cast the devil out, and I hit him, lay hands on him, you know, all the stuff that's going through your mind. But then they end up giving their life to the Lord, and we had, had mafia guys accept the Lord over there, and God just totally set them free and get them out of the situation. Why? Because it's the goodness of God that leads them to repentance. It's the goodness of God. He's good. And I believe we can see more of His goodness. But you know what's involved with us seeing more of His goodness? Us choosing to believe. And we're going to see the goodness of God in the land of living saying, God, you're so good. Acknowledge when you walk around your house, when you walk through your barn, when you get in your vehicle, acknowledge it's the goodness of God that paid that, that for that vehicle. It's the goodness of God that bought your meal. It's the goodness of God that provided your clothes. It is the goodness of God that we're even still here. It's the goodness of God. That leads people to repentance. He's good, Say so He's good. And he wants to be good to me Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 now after this I'm for time's sake I'm just moving on here but the Queen of Sheba, she gave so many offerings to Solomon spices the Bible says that had never been given before and she gave such an offering of gold that the Navy had to escort the gold to Solomon that wasn't a nickel When the Navy has to escort your offering to the Lord because of His goodness, and she didn't even know God. But she recognized your God is good. He's good. He's good. It's good. It's good when we experience the presence of God. It's good. Ephesians 3.20, in the Amplified, it says, Now to Him... Who, by a consequence of the action of his power, say his power, that is a work within us, is able to carry out his purpose, say his purpose, and do superabundantly, far over, above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Notice it says, now to him who, by a consequence of his power, say his power. Power means the ability to get results, it's his power. That gives me the ability to get results according to. Notice he says it's according to. The word according to means the set standard is going to be his power to accomplish his purpose. Why does God's goodness need to be strong in our life? Because he wants his goodness to lead people to repentance as you're fulfilling your purpose upon the earth. The Bible says a wise person wins souls. That doesn't mean you just get them born again. That means you win them to you because they sense something good about you and in you and you point them to Him. He says that's a wise person when you use your gifts and your talents and your abilities and you win people to you and you point them to Him. He says that He wants to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask. Pause. Are you asking big enough? He wants to do exceeding above all we ask or think. Are you thinking big enough? Come on, we can think higher. We can think higher. We can think, I can see more of God's goodness. I can ask for more of God's goodness. Are we dreaming big enough? Well, bless God, you don't know what, I, what I've gone through. I mean, I've had kids, I've got you know, money, i got a job. Anybody. No, 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 that isn't what God said. He doesn't say uh, according to your job or according to your family or according to your race or according to your gender. He says according to your faith. God wants to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that's at work on the inside of you. How do you get the power working on the inside of you? You receive the Word and you do the Word. You hear the Word and you do the Word. You apply the Word. You believe to see His goodness. You talk about His goodness. You exalt His goodness. You magnify His goodness. He is good and He's good to me. Are you thinking big enough? Are you praying big enough? Are you asking big enough? Are you dreaming big enough? He says, I dare you to ask. Whatever you ask, I want to exceed it. Whatever you think, I want to exceed it. Whatever you dream, I want to exceed it. He's good. Ephesians 2.10, and we'll close with this. Say, He's good. He's good. Ephesians 2.10, it says in the Amplified, For we are God's handiwork, His workmanship, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. Notice he's talking about whenever you're born again, you come into the family of God, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone, the new is come. He says, this is you. Say, this is me. Born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us taking paths which He prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. Living the good life. God has created you and I to live a good life. It's good when we're, we're for, when we're not full of bitterness and anger and hate. It's good when we're free. It's good when we're joyful. It's good when we're blessed. It's good when we're healed. It's good when we have the victory. It's good when we have an overcoming mentality. God has a, He's a good God with a good plan that has a good life for good people. And we're good because of Him. Not because of us. We are good because of Jesus. And He wants us to experience a good life. Say, He's good. To me. He's so good, He wants to answer your prayers. He's so good, He wants your whole family to serve God. He's so good. He wants you to be set free and stay free. He is so good. He wants all of our needs met according to His riches and glory. And He wants us blessed to be a blessing. He is good. And He's good to me.